Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. I want women to know that they do have an insane amount of leadership potential with inside of them. There's there's this concept of CEO in motherhood, but it's true. Like you really do have the ability to run your ship well and be a shoulder mate with your spouse and teach him and guide him and encourage him to know how to support you instead of just being frustrated. Nine times out of 10, your husband wants to be there for you. He just doesn't know how. And nine times out of 10, you have really good kids. They just have not been shepherded in a way that allows them to be able to succeed. And this is how I set my family up for success time and time and time again. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. Chris here, and I am so excited for another guest episode for you all today. Today's guest is one who I have been following for a little, I said six months, but it's probably been closer to a year. And she has helped change my perspective so much on creating systems in our lives. And in this season of it being August and starting to get ready for that back to school time, that fall period, which is a season of transition for all of us, whether or not we have kids in school, I feel like the end of the summer to the fall is one of those kind of um, almost like a second new year. It's definitely a time of transition. And I think a lot of us, um, and I talk about this in the episode, who have been in this kind of summer mode of having different routines in the summer, if 
if we had routines at all. And oftentimes we want to kind of hone things in and make things work in our schedules and our lives for the fall. But oftentimes we feel overwhelmed and, and we aren't even sure where to start. And I think this is true anytime in our life when we recognize that something is not working. And today's guest is here to share with you how to systemize your life in every area. So in this episode, we talk about systemizing your schedule, but not in the way you might think. Think. We talk about systemizing your home, how creating systems can help with your relationships, how they can help you to really take care of yourself. Yes, we talk about self-care, but she redefines self-care in the most powerful way. You have to hear her definition of self-care and how important it is that we are really proactive about our fundamental needs and how this helps us to show up as the best moms, as the the best wives, as the best business owners or workers or whatever, whatever it is that we do in our lives. And you guys know I am all about taking care of ourselves, filling our cup, and the way she talks about it is just so powerful. And she gives us the actual systems to make things work in our home in our schedules and in our relationships. And it was just such a powerful conversation. I took so much from it. I shared a couple areas of my life where systems have worked and where systems have not worked. And she definitely gave me so much inspiration. So I am so excited to introduce you to Chelsea Joe. She is the host of Systemize Your Life, a top 100 podcast for work from home moms. She teaches on how to reduce overwhelm and create more time with proven systems so you can successfully manage your motherhood and your business. She's native to Arizona, where she's currently chasing outdoor adventures with her husband in their spare time, all while they raise two beautiful girls. Chelsea specializes in teaching work-from-home moms how to use systems so they have sustainable self-care, orderly and stress-free homes, intentional relationships, and clarity on how to do their best work in managing home and business without feeling pulled in all directions. Her mission is to change the culture of motherhood so every woman living with a strong call in her heart can undoubtedly believe in her path to success. So I know that Chelsea focuses primarily on work from home moms, but this is a conversation for everyone, no matter what your work life looks like, if your work is as a stay at home mom, if you own a business, if you work outside the home, this is truly a conversation for everyone. And I know that this conversation is going to be so valuable for you and you are going to love it. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Chelsea Joe. Hi, Chelsea Joe. I am so excited to have you on the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to meet all your listeners. Oh my gosh, this is going to be such a good conversation. I already know it, um, but I love to start with just a fun little icebreaker. So lately I've been asking my guests, what are you reading right now? Oh, I have been reading for way too long now. High Performance Habits by Brendan mm. Bruchard. Uh, that's a really good one. And then I actually just finished reading Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Awesome. Some good um, business and, and habit books. So mm -hmm. good. Yep. <laughs> it totally makes sense with the conversation that we're going to have today. And I'm just, I'm so excited to jump into all things systems. Um, but I would love for any of my listeners who don't yet know you to just kind of share who you are and what you're passionate about bringing to the world. 
Yeah, well, like you already introduced me, my name is Chelsea Joe, and I am a wife to a firefighter and an entrepreneur. Uh, my husband's name is Blaine, and we've been married for about five years. Uh, we have two little girls. We have a nine-year-old and an almost four-year-old. Uh, I was a single mom when Blaine and I met, and I had my own business at the time. And uh, I also am a sign language interpreter. I was a sign language interpreter. I've kind of faced out of that now because I am now running the Systemize Your Life podcast and the Systemize Your Life Academy. I'm the host of the Systemize uh, Your Life with Chelsea Joe podcast. And there's just a lot of a lot of things that changed when I got married. There's a lot of things that came onto my plate and. I one day realized I was like, oh man, I want to start a blog. And then it quickly turned into, no, I'm going to make this a podcast. And I, I knew that there was this thing that I was doing in my home that was making it really easy for me to juggle all of the things to do my very best work in every area of my life. And I was really passionate about teaching other moms how to do that. And I quickly learned that the way that I was going about that was with systems. And that was the easiest way to get all this information uh, out into the world in a really effective way. It's what made sense in my home. It's what has helped me and my family to be able to be a high performing family while still holding on to the values that are so important to us. And that's really what I'm most passionate about is is really affecting uh, and making a huge change and impact into the culture of motherhood and the way that we care for each other and ourselves. Um, and I, I do that through systems. So kind of in a nutshell, I was super crazy busy when I got married and I didn't know how to keep it all together. I felt like I was being pulled in a million different directions and I knew something had to give. So I started creating systems for our family and that is what I share with the world. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And like I shared um, when we were off air, I've been listening to your podcast for at least six months now. And I've been a part of your Facebook group for several months as well. And I really wanted to have you on in the month of August specifically, because I think for many of us, August is another one of those times that month of kind of transitions, right? A lot of our kids are going back to school in August or September. And I think summertime, at least I know for me, is a time where even if we have some systems and routines, whether they're working or not, um, they become kind of crazy or off or they're just different than they are in the fall. And I think sometimes as moms, we feel like, okay, it's time to rein things in, in August and get things organized and get things systemized, but we might not know where to start with that. And since you are like the queen of systems, especially for working moms, and I am a working mom myself, and I know that just adds another layer to it, but this conversation is going to be for, for all types of moms, um, but just the juggling, right? Just like you said, juggling the, the work life and the mom life and the home and the marriage and everything can be a lot. So have you always been somebody who was into systems? And so you were like, okay, I just need to create new systems in my life when life started getting crazy. Or were you someone who maybe didn't have any systems before? And then you kind of discovered it. I'm so curious. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, at one point, it took an Enneagram test. I don't put a lot of weight on that, but it does help kind of define how my brain thinks in certain ways. I'm a one on the Enneagram. And so I like order for sure. Um, but I wasn't always systemized, you know, I mean, just like any of us with our gifts and with our abilities, we have to, 
fine tune them and grow them. And I had no systems for being a working mom that's taking care of a house that's also married. Like I had none of those. I had never been that. And so, um, yeah, my brain does work in a way where I see everything like Tetris and I'm trying to like squeeze out that little blank air pocket that if you build up too many of them game over. Right. And that's kind of what it's like in life. And my brain truly just does that automatically and I cannot fix it. And I think that's what enabled me to be able to create these systems that produced major efficiency and helped our families to live with intention so that we could do all of the things that we wanted to do. My husband's extremely um, goal oriented and high performing. And so am I, and, you know, we want a clean house and there's just all these things that we wanted. And so even though I wouldn't say that I was systemized my whole life, although I did have a system for how I organized my closet as a kid. Like there are little things looking back. I'm like, oh, maybe I kind of was that way. But (laughs) I had no idea what I was doing when I became a mom. Like nobody teaches you. Homeck is long gone. And even whenever that class was around, they just taught you like random things, right? About how to keep house and whatnot. Like no one teaches women how to do this, how to... Mm how to manage all these things. No one teaches it. And I was like, well, I'm going to start teaching it because this has worked for me and it's worked for a lot of moms. And, uh, I think I just came by it through, through practice and through intentional data collection. I collect a lot of data on what works and doesn't work in my life and other moms lives. And, um, I mean, it wasn't by accident, but it definitely wasn't just something that I was born with either. Hmm. I think that's so encouraging for the mom listening and certainly myself. I'm definitely someone who is more systems oriented um, or routine oriented, I guess. But it's very easy when life gets stressful to get off of those and then to or maybe try and for me, it's a lot of a lot of times it's trying to force a system that's no longer working and then it just feels even more chaotic. And so you have this incredible system yourself for teaching moms how to create systems. <laughs> so I want to kind of dive into some of the different areas that you talk about on your podcast and in the things that you share Um about how to how we can create systems in our lives. But there's a really incredible quote on your website. And I kind of, I want to start here um, because deciding where to begin when we're creating systems, I think is a really big deal uh, because there's so many different areas we can create systems in. And, you know, this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. And of course, so when I see the word balance, it stands out to me. And you, you have this quote on your website that says, finding balance in life is not about what to do more or less of every day, but how to make the connection between what is important and what is not. And oh my goodness, how powerful is that, right? Going, okay, so where do I start making systems? It needs to be with what is most important to me and in my life season. I really like that you brought up that, you know, you might've had systems in your life in the past, maybe your closet when you were a kid or things like that, but you didn't have systems for being a working mom and having a home and being a wife because you didn't live those things before. So where do we start in making the connection to, okay, what matters and where do we actually start with creating systems? And then let's maybe dive into some of the systems you help women create. Yeah. I always would encourage 
to start where it hurts the most, (laughs) which is typically what we avoid, right? But here's how this process works. When you're looking to try and figure out what kinds of systems you need to create, you have to sit down, you got to do a little bit of inventory. And this is the hardest part for for modern moms. We don't want to stop. We don't think we can stop. We don't have enough time to stop. We can't slow down. We got to do, we got to go. We got to be on the run at all times. And it ends up just creating more chaos for yourself. So carving out the time to be able to have intentional reflection on a regular basis, like daily in a micro amount and weekly on a little bit bigger amount, and then macro every monthly, there has to be built-in time for reflection if you actually want to not just take two steps forward and then some days, four steps back, three steps back, two steps back, oh, one step back. That's a great day. Well, how about we just consistently take one small step forward, right? And so in order to do that, you have to figure out what are those things that are pulling you three steps back that are not allowing you to just move one step forward after another, after another. So a really good like journal session by yourself is a really practical way to do that. What is not working? What's not working? Like, is it madness trying to get you and your kids out the door every morning? Why? The one thing that my mother said is that I was born asking the question, why? And I'm always investigating why, like, why is that not working? Let's get to the bottom of this. And that's how you build a system is you got to break everything down to build it back up in a way that works. So start there, get out a pen and paper and pinpoint the one area of your life. That's really not working. And you might have like five areas that are really not working, but one of them is the domino right? Like one of them comes before all of the other ones. That's where you need to start realistically is at with the worst one, (laughs) which is not encouraging. I'm sorry, but it works. (laughs) I think it is encouraging though, because it gives women a place to start. And I think oftentimes that is where we get stuck is the overwhelm of where do I actually start with all these things? It feels like my entire life is a mess, or maybe not my entire life, but it feels like there are these definite areas that aren't working. And maybe we've tried things before, but you know, we still can't get the kids out the door on time and it's still chaos. And so recognizing that I think, and recognizing, okay, this is not working. And then, like you said, breaking it down. I think that is a really encouraging place to start. Even if we are starting from a place of like, let's be real and let's, let's look at what's not working. I think sometimes we go through our days and we get to the end of the day and we're like, oh man, that was a hard day, but we don't reflect on like, what was it? It just all felt hard. It just yeah. all felt crazy. And then some days feel good. And we also don't reflect on why, why, why was that a good day? And so right. I love that question of just starting with why, what, what isn't working? And then, you know, maybe what is too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that is such a great point. I teach that um, regularly. So actually every single month I sit down on my podcast and I talk about how I was able to reach my goals in motherhood and marriage and business and um, in my home so that I can open up this exact conversation of what was working, what did work and what didn't work because we can tend to just say, well, that was a crappy day. Like, oh, that's a bummer. Like, oh, that didn't work out. But realistically, there's a lot of things that did work too. And then you'll start to understand the patterns of behavior within yourself and your children and your marriage. And, and even you'll start to, to see the patterns in your home. What areas of your home are killing you? Like ours was our kitchen island for a really long time. It was this eyesore stuff kept piling up. Cool. I need a system for that. That is this place in my home where it's not working. 
Why? Why isn't it working? Well, because no one wants to go upstairs and put their stuff away once they bring it back downstairs. Like, are you kidding me? Nobody wants to go upstairs. People are lazy. Like your body wants to conserve energy. You don't want to do it. So I was like, okay, stuff has got to stay off the island. So I was like, okay, I started with one system here. Let's put these two big bins on the stairs. Nope. The big bins got filled up big time. Didn't work. Put smaller bins there, really small bins works like a charm because it's so much easier to say, Oh, we only have to put three things away when we go upstairs versus this whole big bucket. So I figured out what wasn't working. And then I figured out what wasn't working from there. And then I figured out what was working, you know, and so it's just a process of developing something for your family and being patient enough to see it through. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's really encouraging to me because I, I think, like I mentioned, I think I get stuck in the place of going, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this system and I do the system. And even if it's not working, I really want to just like push it until, <laughs> until I finally give up. And I'm like, okay, it's not working. But knowing that like, it might take some trial and error. I think you were actually talking about this the other day on your Instagram stories about like, sometimes it's going to take us a couple times to figure out what system works or like re- I guess, refashioning a system once we've created it, but you know, something is something different happening in our lives and we need to change it. So I think that's really encouraging that like it, it might not work the first time you try to create a system, but that's okay. Cause you learn from that and then you just go from there and find the system that works. So I really love that. So one of the things, one of the resources that you have on your website that I thought was really helpful because we are, we're all about self-care around here, but I know that that phrase is thrown around a lot. And like, I feel like so many moms just like put their hands over their ears and they're like, la, 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 you know, self-care, whatever. <laughs> I don't have time for that. But I think oftentimes it's like our, our image of what self-care is and what it means to take care of ourselves. And it just feels like one extra thing to add to the to-do list. Um, how can like, you know, how can I do it if I don't even have the time type of thing, but you have something that you call the great eight. And I really like this concept because it, it goes beyond self-care and it talks about, I'll have you explain it more because it's, it's your system, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's about the, the essentials, the things that are really important to us. Um, and so can you speak to that a little bit and like why this is one of the most important steps to starting to systemize your life? What is the great eight and how does it, how does it help us to take care of ourselves before we, and identify what matters before we kind of move on to the other systems? Yeah. It's the number one system that I have everyone start with that comes into my community because it was the system that changed everything for me and Blaine and our family and my ability to start this business that I have had for two years now and really phase myself out of uh, my interpreting career and just to be able to change the trajectory of my life in the way that I wanted to. And it is, it's a sustainable self-care system, right? So it's not self-care and in the, in the like real fun, kitschy way that we talk about it that I'm do not stand for at all. And it's actually my fundamental needs system. Okay. So everybody should have a fundamental needs system. Blaine just so happens to coin ours as the great eight. You might have the significant seven or the fab five just depends on what your fundamental needs are. I meet Blaine and I sat down and did this together. You can do it with your spouse. You can do it alone. You can do it with your kids. You can do it any way you want, but the fundamental needs system is a way of sitting down an inventory on a weekly basis foundationally, what do I need to be able to sustain me pouring out into all the cups? So one of the biggest things that I teach, and this is what self-care is guys, in case you don't know this self-care is not reactionary, it's preventative. And so when we think about 
serving other people all day long, which is what we're doing. We're serving in our home. We're serving in our business. We're serving in our marriage. We're serving our children. We're constantly serving. And so the way that you fill up all those cups is by overflowing your own, not by taking your cup that's depleted and rationing between cups until you hope it rains one day into your cup. And then you ration some more and you're constantly trying to figure out how you're going to ration water. The only thing you need to focus on from this podcast forward for the rest of your life is filling your own cup. That's all you need to think about. And I know it seems so selfish, but I promise you the abundance of overflow that comes from you taking care of yourself, meeting your fundamental needs on a weekly basis allows you to overflow and to pour into everything else that you're called to do. That's why we created this system because I was like, this ain't working. We need to fix this. And so I got out my whiteboard Uh, You can actually see behind me, our grade eight is on our board behind us because we put it everywhere. It's, it's really an integral part of our life now, but we sat down and I have an amazing workbook on my, on my website that you can download that guides you through this. I ask you all of these questions and it helps you determine where you're at and caring for yourself in every major pillar of your life, emotionally, physically, financially, in your marriage, in your home, in your, um, in your motherhood, like in all of these different areas, I make you gauge it. And then you have to figure out, well, if I could only do one thing a week that would make that feel more encouraged than discouraged, what would that task be? And that is how we came up with our grade eight. We came up with eight fundamental needs every single week. So physical fitness, like the gym, um, we clean our home once a week. We put a two hour block on our calendar. Uh, we do a two hour block of to do's for our home. Like we need to run to Lowe's. We need to pay bills. We need to go to the post office, whatever this elaborate to-do list that starts building up when you own a home, right? All those types of things. Then we have personal time. We have date night. We have family fun. We have our Sunday sit down and we have our meal planning. And that's what we do every single week. We get those eight things on. And when we started playing with this, we had a we had a couple different ideas and we tested it. That didn't work. Date night was twice a month. That's not working for me. Like I feel completely disconnected from you and I get insecure and then I get bratty and then we argue. Okay. Do you know how long it took me to figure that out? It took a lot of me reflecting at the end of the day. Why did I act this way towards my husband? Well, I didn't act that way the week we had a date night. What if we had a date night every week? Boom. Like that's all you have to do. You don't have to respond emotionally to your life. You don't have to panic. You don't have to get overly bearing and controlling. Like you can just sit down and collect data, figure out what your fundamental needs are, put them on the calendar, put them in your paper planner, make it happen and watch your life change. Like it's huge. It's a game changer. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I didn't hear anything about bubble baths or mani pedis on that list of self-care fundamental needs. (laughs) I think that is, it is so huge. And we've had different phases in, in our lives too, where we have been better about some of these things and making sure their priorities. Like for me, I talk about meal planning and meal prep all the time because I'm a chef and it's one of those things I love to talk about. So that for me is just something that's one little act of self-care. The meals are easy for me because I've created that. Those are probably the only real soft solid systems I have in my life for those. And that works. But, you know, something that could be helpful for us just in reflecting on your fundamental
environmental needs is actually carving out that time to do family fun because especially in the in the summertime for us um well actually I guess it's all year round because in the summertime for us my husband's gone all the time because he's a sailor and then in the fall and the winter we have all the kids activities and all the things and how often do we actually carve out time to do fun things as a family rather than kind of running around and you know barely seeing each other all the time same thing with date night same thing with actually taking the time in our calendar to clean the house how much better would i feel if i was like okay we do a two-hour block of the to-dos that sounds so much more doable than trying to do like these crazy elaborate like routines and systems around the house that i've and we'll talk more about that after but i've tried to create a lot of crazy routines around cleaning and none of them ever work out no they don't like you can pinterest your heart out on cleaning routines Mm -hmm. and they just don't stick because it's just far too much and we are busy modern moms and it's just, look, we can talk about my cleaning system whenever we get there, but it doesn't have to be complicated. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I'm here for it because <laughs> I'm, I'm all about uncomplicating things. So, okay. So we've talked about our fundamental needs. I want to talk about schedules because I feel like that is the thing, especially as we're coming into the fall and schedules are changing and things like that. Um, schedules can be crazy when we, especially when we have kids, especially as working moms, it doesn't matter, you know, what our careers look like or what our kids' schedules look like, or even how old they are for the most part, schedules can be kind of crazy. And just, you know, getting the kids out the door, like we mentioned, all of those things. So you talk about time blocking, and this is something that I've played with on and off throughout the years. Um, but I love how you talk about it. So for the mom who doesn't know what time blocking is, or maybe who has, like I have, and might not know where to start or might not know kind of how you teach it, I would love for you to just share a little bit more about why you time block, why it's so powerful, and how it can actually help us to create more time in our lives. Yeah. It's first, there's so much. Like this is like my bread and butter right here. So let me just try to like give this to you all in the best concise way because I love this topic so much. It is your number one limited resource in life is time. It's the number one way to steward your life well is what you decide to do with your time. And if you're not taking it seriously, then you can just count on having regrets. You can count on missing out on things that you were gifted, that you really could have seized the opportunity. And that's funny that that comes up for me because my biggest pet peeve in life is to miss an opportunity. And so that's really what fueled me to start time blocking in the first place. And I started this at the same time that I started my fundamental needs. I was like, I have two kids. My husband's a firefighter. So he goes on rotation. He works the days off a day, works the days off a day, works the days home four days. And we just do that constantly. There's no like, Hey, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I can go to the gym. And then we're going to have, like, we don't have that. It was, it's still crazy town. Like it's crazy. And I was interpreting, I had my event-based business and I was starting this business. And I was like, I'm going to make this work and I'm going to figure it out. And I realized that I was missing opportunities left and right because I wasn't managing my time well. And so I sat down and I figured out this time blocking system that I use. And then I realized, oh, this works for everyone. Like this literally works for everyone, whether or not you're a stay at home mom, you're a work from home, work from home mom, you work outside of the house nine to five. Like it doesn't matter if your kids are 
babies, infants, like I've time blocked from pregnancy all the way through now, nine years old. Right. And I've coached tons of moms that have teenagers, like it just, and even grandparents, right. It works for everyone. And the essence of time blocking is from the time your eyes are open in the morning until you close your eyes at night, there's no gaps in your day. Your blocks go back to back. And I keep this super straightforward. I teach a five block system. You don't have to figure out your blocks. It's not a schedule. Time blocking is not a schedule. It is a framework that holds your routines for the day. It's what gives your mind clarity. It's what provides intention. What do you intend to do with your time? That's what your time block is. So I have five time blocks. You have five time blocks now. Write them down. The first time block, I'm going to give them to you right now. I also have a workbook on this too. They both, they kind of come hand in hand. So the first one is your morning routine block. And that happens before your day starts, like before your kids get up in the morning, before you have to like start performing (laughs) tasks, right? Uh, Then your next one is your AM block. And that happens before kids go to school or like whenever I was a homeschooling mom, my AM block was really long on those days when I was homeschooling. It started when they woke up and it went all the way to lunch. And then I started my work block, which is the third block, the work block. For those of you that have like a nine to five, maybe you can start at 7 a.m. Um, your AM block would just be that sliver of time in between where you get up, you pack your lunch, you get out the door. That would be your AM block. And maybe you start the dishwasher every morning. Maybe that's your routine inside of your AM block. Then you do your work block, whatever your work hours are. And then your PM block is when your kids get home from school all the way until your kids are in bed or from the time you finish work until your kids go into bed. And then your nighttime routine is that block of time that doesn't have your cell phone, that doesn't have your laptop, that is in a low lit place that's allowing you to unwind from the day where your thoughts kind of turn inward and you start to reflect. And then that ends when you go to bed. And the way that we know what time your PM your nighttime routine block ends is, is where are you in that sweet spot between seven to nine hours of sleep? I don't ever, ever condone dipping below that seven hours, really eight hours is what I recommend. So I establish everything based off of bedtime and those eight hours. And then those five time blocks fill in the rest of the day back to back to back to back with each other. Oh my gosh. It simplifies things so much. I I love how you put that too, that it's not a schedule. It's just the place for our routines and actually doing those things, going back to what actually matters in our day. Um, I've been a huge fan of having um, like a morning time block, a morning routine for a long time. And I've talked about that here on the podcast before. And it's something I get asked frequently about because I'm very big on my morning routine. Uh, but the rest of our days are not, are not so well, much. <laughs> and like to answer your question, you're like, oh, how does this create more time? Well, here's what ends up happening is when you sit down with these specific time blocks and you fill in the routines in there, you're not doing things on top of each other all day long, which ends up creating this chaos in your mind, right? Cause you're trying to process multiple things. So when you're in your AM block, you know, you're supposed to be doing breakfast. You're supposed to be getting the kids ready. You're supposed to be setting up the kitchen so that it's clean for the day. You're not thinking about answering emails because you have a time blocked off to answer emails later Mm. in the afternoon. You're not thinking about how to post on Instagram because you know, you have time to do that this afternoon. You're not thinking about when are you going to do that to do because you have your to-do list and your fundamental needs. And you know, you put that in your PM block on Thursday afternoon when you set up your planner for the week. So you don't have to think about that at all. Like 
You literally don't have to think about all the things. It's all taken care of systematically and you get to show up with intention, with joy, with peace, with just calmness and and love your kids and love your home and love everything that you're doing because it's not it's not like tug of war. It's not pulling at your brain constantly. So you get to actually start enjoying it. Mm, Oh my gosh. I love that. And the intentionality that you're able to bring to each one of those blocks. And I love that you mapped out the blocks for us too. (laughs) And it's just (laughs) figuring out what times were, or what, you know, what's going in the blocks, I guess, what times, what's going in those blocks, because I'm all about simplifying. And um, yeah, I think something that I've struggled with is overlapping tasks. And that does make things feel more chaotic. It's like, oh, I'll just do this thing while this other thing's happening. And trying to fit too much in to the, the morning block, but the morning block might not be defined for me. It might be like, well, I'm trying to do 10 different things when really, if I had just planned on that later on in the day, then like mm-hmm. you said, I could just be doing breakfast and dishes and getting the bags together and getting out the door. And then I know that I can do those other things after it brings so much peace. So I really appreciate that. And, um, I am going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to be more intentional about this. And, uh, and I've, I've already downloaded your workbook, but I haven't gone through it. I'll admit, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I need to figure out my own time blocks. And I think that, um, I think every woman listening is like, okay, I can do this because it sounds, it sounds so simple, but it it really does help us. If it helps us to be more intentional, I'm all about it. So I love that. There's a really cool space inside of my Facebook group every Monday where I, I offer a free planner audit. Mm -hmm. So you can actually post a picture of your time blocks and be like, Hey, (laughs) is this super far off? What does this look like? Um, Because I know so many people get so scared or they've been burned by this process before, which is such a funny thing, but it's like we do, we associate, oh, I've tried that before. It didn't work. So there's a really safe, um, constructive space inside of my Facebook group. It's a Systemize Your Life Facebook group. If you decide to go through the workbook and you want help or encouragement on your time blocks where I can support you in that. Mm, that's so helpful. I love that you keep going back to it's okay if it doesn't work the first time and we have to adjust (laughs) it. I don't think enough people tell us that it's okay if it doesn't work and we can make it work because I think there is so much out there like this is the one way to do things and you gave us the system, but then it's making the system work for us. So I really love that. So, okay, we talked about our fundamental needs and we talked about kind of schedules, but not necessarily schedules, time blocking. I want to talk about how this relates to our relationships, because I think, um, you know, how you talk about that, how you talk about how this relates to our relationships is really unique to a lot of people, I think, who talk about systems and routines and things like that, um, because I don't think oftentimes our relationships with our spouses or our kids are brought into this. So how can creating systems within our relationships, whether it is with our kids or with our spouses, how can that, and you kind of alluded to this before when you talked about, you know, having the weekly date night and how that helps you to feel more present and maybe, you know, knocking into so many of those little fights or things like that. So how can creating some systems within your relationships help with, with kids, with our spouses and in that area of our lives? Yeah, that is a great question. And I didn't know that that was going to be so uniquely designed to my teaching, but it definitely is. Um, My husband and I went through this really, really awesome um, personality test when we first got married. 
And one of my number one strengths is being a relator relationships, deep and meaning relationship, deep and meaningful relationships are really important to me. And so I think just by the nature of who I am, it came to be that these systems were going to be founded upon relationships, you know, and everything about what I do is about how I'm relating to my home, how I'm relating to my kids, how I'm relating to my husband, how am I relating to the people that I'm serving in my business? Because that's just how I am. That's just how it was made. And I think that that is such a beautiful thing to take away from this. So it's, it's awesome that you asked that. I've never been asked that before in a, in a podcast interview. Um, so thank you for asking, but I think the way that it works is when we look back at the very beginning of this whole thing that I've now explained and and I'm telling you to establish it's when you sit down and you inventory, who is it that you want to become? What is the thing that's not working? This isn't just about us. It's about us and, and, and who and what we're serving. Right. And the essence of that is a relationship it would be a very different story if we were just single and and a hermit and, and we didn't do anything. We didn't connect with anyone, but everything that we do in our marriage is about how we're relating to our husbands. Everything we do in our home or don't do in our home is about how we're relating to the space that gives us comfort and is our shelter is our place of reprieve. Right? So when you begin to put systems in place, it allows you to pour into them, which then, fuels you and feeds you back and gives you that necessary momentum and encouragement that you need to keep going. Blaine and I created systems in order to survive, really. I mean, that's what it felt like at the time. And now we've realized, oh, these things actually help us to be better. And the same thing with my kids, knowing that I have this system in place, my time blocking in place, even small systems with my kids and the way that we pack lunches, right. In the way that we go to the grocery store and the way that we pack the fridge. So let me just use this as a super practical example. I have a system for the way that we put groceries away. My pantry is organized. My fridge is organized. So whenever I come home from the grocery store, whether my kids went with me or not, Everyone comes into the kitchen and helps mom unpack bags. My nine-year-old, my two, I mean, my nine-year-old's been doing it with me since she was tiny. I was like, oh, that's cool. But now my four-year-old, she's been doing it with me since she could crawl. She would pull apples out of the bag and I have to run over there when she picks up the eggs, you know, like it's this process. My kids have grown up doing this with me, but my four-year-old could literally, except for the stuff that's too high, put away everything from the grocery store because it's systemized now we're able to bond with each other. She's able to feel like a really contributing member of our family. I'm able to thank her like, and, and pour into her as she pours into us. And it's just this mutual relationship between all of us. And that's just one tiny part of, of this whole like ecosystem that we've created in our home where we all just kind of know how to relate to each other based on a systemized approach to completing our tasks and how we use our time. Mm, I love that. And I love the way you paint the picture of having these systems as being so peaceful 
And it doesn't feel rigid in any way. And I think sometimes when we think of systems, we think of, you know, like our our kids just being, you know, these like little robots where we're like, okay, mom comes home from the grocery store and you do this and you do this and you do this. And like, but it, it sounds like such a beautiful, just, you know, family event, like a family bonding thing where you're all helping each other out, but it's just something that you do. And what a great gift to give to your kids as they grow up too. And knowing, okay, mom had a system like this. So I can also create a system like that when I grow grow up and I'm in my own house. And I mean, who knows, maybe, maybe they won't want to make their own systems, but I, I have a feeling they probably, uh, <laughs> they, my nine-year-old already does, which is oh, funny. So. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I really, really love that. And, and it's so true that everything is about how we relate to the world around us and we can choose if it's going to be chaotic or if we're going to create some systems that are going to, that's going to make it easier. So here's really, really where here's really where that came from for me, because I'm thinking like, okay, how are, how are you going to be listening to this episode and think, oh yeah, that's cute. Like now I need to try and get my kids to like, help me unpack the groceries. Right. Well, let me just tell you that this started because when I would come home from the grocery store, exhausted, sometimes wearing a baby, sometimes not, um, I would come home and everybody would be sitting on their fanny on the couch. And I was irritated that no one was helping me put groceries away. And so You've got two choices. You can either be bitter and frustrated, or you can use the power that you have and empower yourself to create a system that allows everyone else to be able to support you with ease. It now makes my husband feel good that he knows how to help the children help me, that he knows how to help put dishes away. He knows how to go to the grocery store. He knows how to cook the food because of the systems that I created. And really at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to do when I say that I want to change the culture of motherhood. I want women to know that they do have an insane amount of leadership potential with inside of them. There's, there's this concept of CEO in motherhood, but it's true. Like you really do have the ability to run your ship well and be a shoulder mate with your spouse and teach him and guide him and encourage him to know how to support you instead of just being frustrated. Nine times out of 10, your husband wants to be there for you. He just doesn't know how. And nine times out of 10, you have really good kids. They just have not been shepherded in a way that allows them to be able to succeed. And this is how I set my family up for success time and time and time again. And it started with And it always starts there. It starts with a point of me being frustrated with everyone or everything else. And I'm like, wait a minute, what can I do to make this outcome different? And I choose to use systems. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. It is so empowering to realize that. And it's actually, it's really funny um, that you, that you mentioned that feeling of empowerment and just kind of sharing those systems with your family. Cause a, a really recent example for myself and my kids is um, I was getting really frustrated with the toy situation in our house and my kids have gotten, so they are seven and three, like how old are they? Seven and three. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they've, you know, they're at the age where they love to play together, but they love to make big messes together. And that's fine. That's good. That's great. Um, but we didn't really have a system for them putting the toys away. Like I had a couple bins, um, but oftentimes everything was just kind of like thrown into the same bin and I would just be exhausted at the end of the day. And all of a sudden, you know, they got toys for birthdays and Christmas and things like that. Their room, (laughs) they share a room 
their room just turned into this giant hot mess. And every time I walked in, I'd be like, you know, clean up or whatever. We'd have our cleanup time at the end of the day. And they'd put like a few things away. And I'm just so tired. I'm like, you know what? The rest of the house is clean. I kind of consider the rest of the house my domain. And so the rest of the house is clean. Their room is just whatever. And one day I was like, you know what? They they stopped playing in their room because it was just so, you know, haphazard. You know, we had the bins, but nothing, you know, nothing was where it was supposed to be. And it just wasn't working. And one day they were out and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tackle this. And not that I think that our kids shouldn't help us when it comes to cleaning. Absolutely think they should. But I was just so frustrated that I literally took everything out of their room and I put it back and I put it into bins and I new bins, different bins. And I put the different, you know, the different toys in different bins. And like I'd done this, I thought I had done this before. But when my kids came back in and they saw that their room was clean, and this is like a couple hours that I took, and they saw that their room was clean, they were so excited, and they started actually playing in their room again. And I just showed my seven-year-old. I was like, okay, so this is where I put things. Does this make more sense to you than how we were doing it before? She's like, yeah, American Girl stuff goes there. Barbie stuff goes there. You know, little people go there, whatever they're playing with. And it's been like, I don't know, a month and a half now. And when I say go clean up, they just go and put things in the bins and their room has been clean for like two months straight. And all it took was me getting so frustrated and going, okay, they're not going to do it by themselves. And, you know, I would help them a little bit at cleanup time, but it was always, it always felt so daunting. And all it took was creating a new system. The system that I had just didn't work. And I'm like, that's probably the only other system other than my, my uh, meal planning and meal prep system that I actually have. And it's very new. And I think so much of, you know, I think so many of the things that work in our lives do come out of that place of going, I'm frustrated and I just, I need a solution for this and figuring it out. And that just happened to work for me. And I'm very thankful for it because it feels so good to walk into their clean room and to have them clean up and have it take like, you know, five, 10 minutes every single night. Um, But I think that, you know, I think what you do is so incredible in helping women figure out, okay, so I know this isn't working. I want to create the system. And now here's here's how we come and do it. Um, so that was just a <laughs> random aside. But I was thinking about that as you were talking. That, okay, that is a system that came out of frustration. Um, and so just encouragement for the woman who's listening that, yeah, sometimes we're frustrated and we're not exactly sure and we just need to tackle it and <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, and it's such a good example too. And you know, now it makes you feel like, oh, well, I could do this in other areas, right? And it's, yes. it's, uh, it's like, kind of like a snowball effect, you know, once you start doing it, it's like, oh, where else can I do this? Because this feels good. <laughs> yes, except I wish that I had actually snowballed into any other area. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but I want to talk about our home. Because like I said, this is an area where, I mean, I... I am someone who likes to keep my house generally clean and organized. I think most of us do. Um, But it is, I don't necessarily, I've done a lot of those different routines on Pinterest. I've tried a bunch of different things and they all work for a time, but nothing really seems to last. So how do you utilize systems for things like chores and cleaning and organization? So I think oftentimes I struggle with like when to do specific tasks. I would love for you to kind of touch on that other than, you know, my massive clean of the kid's bedroom. (laughs) The rest of it's a bit a bit haphazard. So how do we, where do we start with all this? Yeah, I definitely have a system for that. I think I'm going to make a shirt that says I have a system for that. <laughs> you should. 
I really have been playing around with getting merchandise for my company. And I've been like asking people, Hey, what shirt, what should I, what logo should I use? And they're like, you should put, I have a system for that. And so, so funny. I was literally just going to say, Oh, I have a system for that. And I'm like, wow, I might just make a shirt that says that on it. So you guys, you can wear my shirts. (laughs) Um, so here's the deal. I, there's a difference between cleaning your house and tidying your house, right? So cleaning is when you actually like clean it, like you clean toilets and you clean the bath and you clean carpets, right? Where you're actually like removing dirt and grime from your house. That's cleaning, right? Organizing is where you take clutter out, you declutter, and then you create a space and a home for every item that's left in your house. Right. And then there's the process of maintaining that, which is like a tidy up. Keeping your house tidy is different from cleaning your house. And so I have systems for each of those. Now, organizing your house is a whole bear. That's something that you do one time. You can do little pockets of it. I'll just give a short tidbit here on this. Don't don't wait to tackle everything all at once. Although if you get that moment of inspiration, run with it until, (laughs) until it's done, just run with it. But don't be afraid to like organize your makeup bag while you're doing your makeup one morning. It'll take you five extra minutes, throw some stuff out. Don't be afraid to throw things away. If you haven't used it. And I say in the last six months for real, like, except for clothes, right? Obviously you don't wear your winter jackets in the summer, but if you didn't wear it last winter, don't keep it again. Um, I, I teach capsule wardrobing too, which is awesome. So organizing is, is that right. But the act of maintaining it, maintaining an organized house is keeping it tidy. And so what I teach, and it goes along with what you were talking about, I teach tidy cues. And so when um, I'm working inside of my academy with women in our third tier, which is the systemize your home module. We go through when a mom inside of those five time blocks needs to have a tidy queue, which means I know my kids know my husband knows everyone knows this is the point in the day where there's really no return unless we tidy right now. So typically that'll look like after breakfast, if you don't clean up the stuff off the table, if you don't clean up the kitchen, right? If you don't put that stuff away. Now your kitchen's going to be dirty the rest of the day. And so insert tidy queue. We all know that their tidy queue needs to do happen now. And do my four-year-old and my nine-year-old even have that on the radar? No, but they do. When mom says, Hey, make sure that you clear your plate, you clear the table and you push in your chairs. My four-year-old knows how, well, she's not even four yet. You guys, she's three. And she's been doing this for about six to eight months. She takes her plate off the table. She puts the food in the trash and she puts her plate in the dishwasher all by herself. Mm. She knows how to do that. She knows the plastic goes up top. The glass goes on bottom. Why does she know that? Because mom's been excitedly saying, Bailey, I want to see if you know how to do this. That's awesome. And I walk with her. I make sure she doesn't drop it. She gets so much reward and gratitude for mom when she does a good job. It is intrinsically motivated her to continue producing that kind of behavior because of the reward that she gets for me. My nine-year-old's awesome about it too. Does she need reminders? Sure. I need reminders to pick my clothes up off the bathroom floor. Like no one's going to be perfect at this. It's just a matter of everyone working together. So that's another great opportunity as you go through your day to look and say, hey, typically after at the very end of our AM block, right? Like we're about to have lunch 
And when my kids were homeschooling, obviously they'll be in school this year. So that won't happen, but we would do a tidy queue then too. You want food because you're hungry. Please make sure that the living room is cleaned up. But what it normally sounds like is lunch is almost on the table. Can you make sure that you have everything cleaned up so you can sit and eat? Boom, done. Everything gets put back. Oh, mom, I want to come back and play with this after lunch. Okay, that's great. What area can you clean up? What one thing are you going to leave out to play with? Everything else needs to be picked up, please. And so that's our tidy cue, right? And that's when we know throughout the day so that at the end of the day, it doesn't look like a bomb went off. And we're not spending our nighttime routine after our kids have gone to bed cleaning it up because the worst time of day to try and get your kids to pitch in is right before bed. They're Mm -hmm. tired. They're exhausted. They're at their worst. And you don't want your kids... That's when you guys are going to get in and you're going to go toe to toe. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't stand for engaging in toe to toe anything with anybody. So that's how you have to be prepared. And then you don't spend like, I don't clean my house after my kids go to bed. I never do. Okay. So that's how we keep, that's how we maintain the organization that we've established. So is there some work in establishing an organized home? Yeah, there is, but it's totally worth it. Okay. Um, my cleaning routine. This is the one that we alluded to earlier. That's super fun. So I broke my house into zones and every week we clean a certain zone doing during that two hour block. Sometimes it only takes an hour because everybody pitches in and helps. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. Kids are at school. My husband's on shift. It's the only two hour block I have. And I'm stuck cleaning three toilets and two showers and two tubs and it stinks and I hate it. But we've chosen not to outsource that. So you've got options. You can outsource your cleaning or you can make it super simple and you can break your house into five zones. So again, my husband's super great at this. He coined the term KLBs. So KL and then a bunch of Bs. So zone one is kitchen and living room, KL. And then you have um, bathrooms because we felt like that one needed to come next. And then bedrooms and then bedding. So I don't do my bedding on the same time that I do my bedrooms because it was way too overwhelming. And I always got stuck at the end of the day with sheets and blankets in the washing machine that were not dry and we had no sheets. So that system trust, like if you look back in my archives, I think on my Instagram reel, you will see that I had a night where I slept on my bed without sheets because I was in the middle of developing the system. And I just was like, Oh, okay. So that doesn't work. Cool. We need to break this up. So (laughs) next time we have sheets, (laughs) that's like my kryptonite too. Like laundry is my kryptonite. Um, and then the fifth week, cause some months don't have a fifth week. The fifth week is yard and garage. So the months that do have that fifth week, we tackle our yard and garage and we just kind of go through and we clean that up. We organize it, anything extra that needs to be done in there. But so the first week of every month, we deep clean, right? Our kitchen and our living room. This means the shelves in my refrigerator, the baseboards. I wipe down all the chairs. I wipe down all the surfaces of the cupboards. I take out my utensil drawer and shake all the bazillions of crumbs out because for some reason, the utensil cubby like collects crumbs like nobody's business. I don't know how that happens, you guys. I really don't know how that happens. They're clean when they go in there. And then there's all these crumbs. I don't even understand, but things like that, you know, like I just provide a time to get in there and to clean it and that's it. And then we go through the rest of the zones, um, week by week, we put it in the Google calendar. It's assigned a time in the notes section. It says who's doing what, like it's super straightforward. It's easy for me to outsource and to get help. So I don't have to do it on my own. 
Um, so there's that. And I'll just tell you, uh, when it comes to laundry, if you've got a ton of people in your house, you're probably going to be doing laundry every day. Um, but the number one hack to be able to keep up on laundry is every person in your house needs to have a very, very small laundry bin in their bedroom. And when that very small laundry bin fills up, I put it in the washing machine with mixed colors and I wash it on cold. And my grandma's dying as I say this because it's the wrong way to do it, friends. I know you're supposed to separate your laundry by colors, but guess what? If you do the traditional route where you wait till you have enough to do multiple loads of colors, you're going to end up with 15 loads of laundry or likely seven loads of laundry. And it's going to be a bear. It's going to ruin your whole weekend. You're going to load laundry. And so now for the first time in my life, I don't have a love hate relationship with laundry. Actually, it kind of is still love hate. It's just not a hate (laughs) relationship with laundry. (laughs) So that's what I recommend. And when I say small, I mean like go to Target or Walmart and get one of those little teeny tiny toy bins, like the cloth ones with a handle on the side or the little mm. cubes that fit in the cube shelf. Those bins like that small enough to do one load and that's it. My clothes still look fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal. So that uh, is a nutshell. Oh my gosh. I'm about to go create a whole new system for cleaning. <laughs> I love that. And I also don't separate my laundry. This is something I started doing in college because my mom taught me the right way to separate the whites and the colors <laughs> and the darks and all those things. And then I was in college and I was like, I don't have enough for a load and you have to pay for it. And I was like, I'm not spending like $10 a week on my laundry. So I just started putting it together. And you know what? They turn out fine. So I love that. (laughs) I'm the same way. It might not be the quote unquote right way, but if it's the simpler way, then I'm here for it. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh my gosh. And I like the idea of of making the basket smaller because I will definitely get into a mode where I have this huge basket of laundry and I'm like, I'm going to do it all. And I try to shove it all in and I'm like, nope. This is two loads and that takes up extra time. And yeah, how much easier it is, is it to just do one small load, you know, once a day or right. whenever it is, then, you yeah. know, overwhelm yourself with a whole day of laundry. So I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we've been talking for quite some time, but I, if you have the time, I would love to just touch on this really briefly. We love to talk about meal planning around here because I love to talk about meal planning, but you have a really unique meal planning system. And so I love new systems for, you know, women who might not resonate with how I talk about meal planning or how somebody else talks about meal planning. So can you share about your recipe card system and, and give the woman who has not made, has not figured out how to make meal planning work some inspiration? Yeah, it's it's a menu board and it's nothing that I created. There's been menu boards forever. You can go on Etsy and type in menu board and it pops up and it's just a thing that has clips on it and you clip on a paper recipe card. And here's how this came to be. This is super simple and straightforward. I was spending hours on Pinterest every weekend looking for what my family wanted to eat and it was a nightmare. The reality is, is that your family likes to eat certain things and you're not tapping into that right now. Mm -hmm. Ask them, what do you love to eat? What are our family favorites? What are they? Write them down on a list, find at least five and and get an old fashioned recipe card. I have some to download on my website too. And you can write in that, that meal, say it's tacos, right? Okay. Tacos. Cool. On the back of the card, you write down everything that goes in that meal 
so that here's why I did this. Whenever I was gone and I was working nights and I was not around, it was Blaine's turn to be on duty. And all he had to do was to take the taco card down, turn it over and know this is everything that I need to be able to make tacos. And it was super straightforward, super simple. And now we've, we have a decent amount, like 30 or 40 cards that we can cycle through because we found that many meals that everybody in the family loves. It's probably more like 30. I don't think we have 40, but definitely we've got like a good solid rotation in there. We have a card that says dinner out. We have a card that says leftovers. And every weekend I go to the old fashioned recipe box and I pull the cards out and I say, what are we going to have this week? And I look at them. My kids will help me. We put them up there and they never have to ask me what's for dinner. No one does because I just tell them to go look at the menu board. They know to not even ask me now because they know I'm just going to say, Hey, what's on the board. And they go and they look at it. And it's a really simple, straightforward way to not spend hours and hours and hours and hours searching for what you're going to feed your family. Yes. I love that. I love the idea of having it on an actual board because I have a notebook that I use and I love that. But yeah, my kids ask me all the time, what's for dinner? (laughs) It'd be so much easier just to direct them to that. And how much easier is it to create a grocery list too when when everything's on the back of the card and you can just create a grocery list from that? So I really love that. So my question is, how do you incorporate new meals into that then? Do you like have, you know, seasonally, do you go, I want to try out something new or do you just kind of stick? How did you develop those 30 recipes? Yeah, we, we would, we would test new meals and we'd say, Hey, is this going to be a new family favorite? Should we create a card out of this? And so I have like our printed ones that are nice for the meals that we know that we like, but if, and sometimes even still like I'll go a whole week where I just have an index card that I used a Sharpie on and I wrote down what we were going to have that week because we didn't have any meal cards for it. And I just Mm. knew okay, this is like a tester week. You know, Mm. what am I, what are we doing this week? And then some of them stick and some of them we just toss and we don't ever have that meal again. Uh, And then honestly, with that process, my daughter has been able to like write out cards herself. And it's really cute to see her handwriting up on the board and it helps her to get involved in the process, which I try and make sure that my kids are involved in most anything that they can be. Um, So that's how we went about doing that. And then inside of the recipe box, you can divide it, put dividers in there like seasonal. Like we have one card that says Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner, things like that, um, or like birthday dinner or whatever. So we use those sometimes. Um, But it really doesn't have to be anything super specific. And I just encourage moms to just start with their first five favorite meals and, and then just build upon that as you go. Mm, I love that. That's such a cool system. And uh, I like the idea of having a board. I feel like I need to get a board myself now to go with my notebook. So <laughs> I love that. So last but not least, before we jump into some fun little rapid fires, I love to do right at the very end, I want you to share where my listeners can connect with you more. The information you've shared is incredible. Like we said before we even started recording, I'm like, we could probably do one episode for every single one of these topics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you did such a good job of being really succinct and sharing this, you know, some incredible parts of your system. So how can they connect with you, your podcast, your Facebook group, and the Academy where they can dig deeper? 
Yeah, well, there literally is an episode for every single one of these things that we talked about. It's just over on my show. Um, So you can just type systemize your life into wherever you listen to podcasts. You can type systemize your life into the search bar in Facebook and you will find us. That is a really fun, super awesome, really robust group of women that, that has been growing and all of us are there to support each other in doing this very thing of trying to put systems in our lives. And, you know, it's always fun when a mom snaps a picture of the new bins that she organized and she puts them in the Facebook group and it inspires other people. Um, and then my website is chelseajo.co, C-H-E-L-S-I-J-O.co. And that at the very top has a word free. And if you click on that, you can get access to the two workbooks that we talked about. And I have a 45 minute workshop that literally goes in depth on how to succeed in home and business without feeling pulled in all directions. It's an incredible resource there. And it has a special offer to get inside of the Academy at the end of it. Um, and the Academy is, is where I go in depth and do weekly coaching with moms and make sure that they get these systems implemented and can get massive results in, in just the first week or two. Um, it's, it's really become such a special thing to me. The women inside of the Academy are a really cute and close knit community that, um, I love being a part of, and I feel super blessed to be able to be the leader of that community. So at any point and in any one of those things, you are all welcome to come and join us. Mm, Oh my gosh. You put so much value into the world. I am so grateful for you. So I have uh, three fun little rapid fire questions. I love to ask at the very end of our episodes. And because I love to talk about food, we always start with food. We were just talking about meal planning. So I feel like this is a really good segue. (laughs) So what have you been loving to cook lately? Uh, cook slash make my smoothies. I'll say smoothies. (laughs) I've been obsessed with smoothies for a long time, but I just, I'm like really into it lately. I love a good smoothie. So Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Do you have a specific one you love? Yeah, I've been having this exact smoothie and it's, it's been like morphing, right? Like the type of things I put in it are the same, but like a little bit different. Um, since I was pregnant with Bailey and she's almost four. So it's been like most mornings of my life for the last four years. I love it. Yeah. It is chocolate, peanut butter, and banana Mm. with some, with some greens in there. That's a good combination. I love it. (laughs) So then what have you been loving to eat other than smoothies? (laughs) Well, I'm currently super committed to a mostly paleo. I call myself a paleo-ish mom. I have a whole highlight on my Instagram stories where I share all of my paleo-ish meals. So I just found these incredible pasta replacements they had. They're made out of almond flour. They're in the freezer section at Sprouts, which is my local health food store. And it literally tastes like fettuccine, but it is completely paleo. It's completely grain-free. And then I also found gnocchi, sweet potato gnocchi. The texture Mm -hmm. was amazing. Like they were way too expensive, but they were worth every penny. So that's (laughs) what I've been loving to eat lately is some grain-free pasta 
That sounds so good. Oh my gosh. I love almond flour as an alternative flour. It's Mm -hmm. so good. You can turn it into anything. (laughs) So my final question, because this is the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast, and we love to inspire balance in every area of life. What does balance look like to you in this season? This is a very hard season of my life. I will say Um, my business is, is growing immensely and my children are growing at a rate that I don't want to miss. And my marriage is in a time that's just precious and balance in those things to me looks like time blocking. (laughs) It looks like making sure I carve out enough time, you know, making sure I get one-on-one time with my kids and, and really I'll just put my answer plainly. It's, it's making physical connections and eye contact with the people in my home multiple times a day. Um, if I'm doing that, then, then I can say that when I put my head down on the pillow at the end of the night that I've, I've, I've done a good job. So that's what that looks like to me right now. (laughs) Ah, I love that so much. And what a great way to wrap things up. I mean, we kind of started with talking about this idea of balance and then we, we wrapped it up with what it looks like for you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being on. This was so fantastic. I have so, I want to go journal right now. I'm going to go journal right now with all of the things that <laughs> one step at a time, right? Yep. <laughs> one step at a time, but definitely there's so much valuable information. I'm sure the women listening are also so grateful for you. So thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.